0: Thank you, choir and orchestra, grateful for our music ministry, thanks for being in your place and for all the work you did this last week as well. We're in Acts 14, we're preaching through the book of Acts uh, during these months and we come to end this 14th chapter today and we're going to begin in verse 21 and read out loud all together in unison at one time, all right? So you'll find the New American Standard Translation up on the screen. Or there's a copy of it there in front of you a black book that you could use and I want you to read with me out loud as we uh, preach about the seven building blocks of the early church seven building blocks we put together uh, out of this text uh, that the church was uh, built upon in Acts 14 Paul and Barnabas been on the first missionary trip They've made their way from Antioch, Cyprus, to the island, uh, up then into Turkey, and uh, then they've returned back to Antioch getting ready. This text will read us back to Antioch, and they recount that that God has done. So you read aloud with me. This is now the word of our great God, beginning in verse 21. After they had preached the gospel to the city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, and saying, Through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church, having prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. They passed through Pisidia and came to Pamphylia. And when they had spoken the word in Perga, they went down to Italy. From there they sailed to Antioch, from which they had been commended to the grace of God for the work that they had accomplished. And When they had arrived and gathered the church together, they began to report all things that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. And they spent a long time with the disciples. Father, we thank you for our early church brothers and sisters. The foundation stones. And I pray now that you would shine the light of the Holy Spirit on this text. illuminate it into our heart. And make us to be the church that you would have us be at a place called Olive. We love you. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you and be seated. In Matthew 16, in that great encounter with Peter, Jesus said to him after Peter made his confession, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. From that day to this, the church remains. Hell comes against it, but it remains. Local churches don't remain. As a matter of fact, this church at Antioch, we're preaching it's not there anymore. But there are churches all around the world. They're rebuilding this church even today. But it is not functioning at the moment, but it will again in days Ahead. God's building His church. There are metaphors that used all through Scripture. He uses the building uh, for the church, a cornerstone and a structure. Uh, sometimes the church is called the bride, the bride of Christ, uh, coming together in purity and unity. Uh, Junior Hill said one time, no one's ever seen an ugly bride. Amen. He said, I've had some close encounters, but never seen one. (laughs) Well, the bride is a beautiful picture, red and white and coming in purity is the bride. Then the other illustration is the body. He used a body. He took the hands and the feet and the head and all the parts of the body that that come together. Well, whether you call it a building or a bride or a body, the, the church is on mission. It has been since the first day it was birthed, and it remains on mission today. And the day the church is not on mission, she's out of business, and she's dead. We see these signs that say missionary Baptist church. Well, that's a redundancy. A Baptist is a missionary, and a missionary will be a Baptist as we come forward out of the text with uh, the church is always on mission. We're sharing the gospel of Christ, And we are to take the great commission and to go into all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples, baptize them as you saw this one baptized in this service. We are to do that and then we are to teach one another all the days of our life even until the end of the world. There's seven building blocks of this early church and I want to show them to you right here. Uh, this morning we'll enumerate them. Just one word each time. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We're going to pause and practice a couple of these things right in the middle uh, of this message. But stay with me uh, to the end. Seven basic building stones or blocks for the church. Number one is evangelism. Evangelism. You find it right there in verse twenty-one. And after they had evangelion, preach the gospel to herald to proclaim, to give out the gospel. The gospel uh, is that Jesus, uh, God loves the world, and he sent Jesus to die for the sins of a sin-cursed world. You and I, we are sinners. We are dead in trespassing sin. God so loved us that he sent his son Jesus. It's not his will that any should perish, but that everyone would come unto forgiveness and unto the gospel uh, that is preached. Come to Christ. It is our job to herald this gospel. This week on Thursday, I had a funeral Thursday morning, 11 o'clock, right here. Uh, We had a young man, uh, Michael, that uh, was buried. He had died way too early in his life and we had Mike's funeral right here. He was a Marine in days gone by. I was so glad that uh, out of one of our uh, gathering groups over here, he had come and someone had shared Jesus with him. And he got saved and he wrote out his testimony uh, that he got saved on the last day of December 19 uh, I mean 2017 that he got saved and Boy it was, it's so much easier to preach a funeral when you've got Somebody's written out and said I got saved right there That's the day I came to faith in Christ Well we had heralded the gospel we preached it Somebody in our church shared it and he received it We went out of this place with his body down the hall To put him in uh, the hearse and go to Barrancas to bury him And when I got to the hearse Uh, a young man came to me he said pastor Mike got saved in December of 17 he said I got saved in 2015 here at the church I was here he preached the gospel I heard the gospel and Jesus stepped out of heaven stepped into my heart forgave my sin saved me I said well glory to God that's the business that we are in you filled out if you're a guest one of those guest cards I if you fill it out, I'll try to text or call, send an email or something uh, toward weeks in. This last Friday, I had a young lady. I texted her. She was a guest. I would prayed with her out here at the Next Steps room last week. She came by. She said, pray for me. I did. And when I texted her on Friday, she texted me back. She said, you know, Pastor, thank you for praying for me. I went home, and before I had lunch that day, I bowed my head and asked God to save me that very day. Said said, I knew I needed to. And I needed to be about it, and I asked the Lord to step into my heart and forgive my sin. Our job, the church, your job, if you're a Christian, our job is to herald the gospel and to talk to somebody, keep a track in your pocket, a Bible to give away, some way of telling the God. Well, as I said, we've got five more Sundays in this year. Listen to me, church. Between Thanksgiving and Christmas, people have spiritual things on their mind. I didn't say Bible things. They got spiritual things on their mind. Some of them have Bible things. Some think back to when they were kids. There's not a greater season in the world, maybe other than Easter, than these next five weeks to invite your friends to come to church with you. You ought to be about it. Find a friend and bring them. Bring them to the Christmas presentation. Bring them to Christmas Eve. We will make sure that we get the gospel. Out and proclaim and when we lift him up he draws men women boys and girls unto himself you know somebody that needs Christ invite them to come and be here people often will come with a personal invitation you also know people hadn't been to church in two years God's been pruning his church through this COVID mess some that have gone away from us because they're not of us but some have just kind of gotten a little cold and indifferent and if you'd reach out to them invite them back they're almost embarrassed to come back to church I find just give them a call and they say, hey, I, come. You can sit with me. I'd love to have you back uh, in the church if you feel li- like it's up. This is a good time for them uh, to come. We'll have that big Christmas tree out there in the next few days again. And uh, we'll have a great time with that in Easter, I mean Christmas Eve. And it'll be a wonderful time. First of the year, this year, January one." Uh, Everybody thinks about starting over and doing things January 1st on a Sunday this year. So be a great time. Invite your friends. Evangelism is a building block of the church. Number two is discipleship. Notice it right there in verse number 21. And after they preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples. What a great word this is. This, disciple. Now some people say a disciple is a learner and that's correct but it's only half Right? That word disciple, we want to have classes and pack people's heads full of enough, and that's good. We, we need to learn. Uh, I, I like smart members rather than ignorant members. Right. Amen. But the word disciple is not just being a learner. Listen to me. It is learning with an attachment to a teacher. It's like Jesus and the 12. They hung out and walked those dusty roads. And Jesus poured into them. Let me tell you, when you're being discipled, you are attached to someone. You're learning from them. I do that with young preachers in my meetings on Sunday evenings when we gather together. And I just let them ask questions and we walk together. When I travel to preach, I try to take one or two of them, let them drive and take me there. and They'll ask questions and just everyday life. Uh, of a pastor will do that. A little boy, he's in this very service right now, a little boy, he's about this tall, he came up to me, I was standing in the foyer, and, and he, he said, how do, you, how do you become a pastor? I said, well, you have to know the call of God. Then you pray, you read the Word of God, you get prepared, start preaching as God gives you opportunities, and then a church talks to you, and they ask you to be uh, their pastor." He said, well, how do they know if you're the right one? I thought, who is this kid? (laughs) I said, well, you pray and you discern and you think about it and you ask God and God says yes to the man in the church, says yes, and we come together. He said, okay. He said, who built this building? I said the church did. I said the people. You'll see in there this morning. I gave the money, got a team together, and that's how construction comes about. I said I got to go, son. I took off. I, <laughs> do, do you understand? When, when you're discipling people, they are attached to you. They they take life. From you and you gladly give it. That's what we do with basic building blocks in the church. And you need to be uh, attached to someone. Someone attached to you. Somebody poured into you. Now you pour into another. That's the way that you do that as we make disciples. You don't just become one. It's made. You must construct a disciple and you grow In your faith. Evangelism. Discipleship. Number three is encouragement. Encouragement. Notice in verse 22 uh, that they preached the gospel, made disciples. They went into Lystra, Iconium, and into Antioch. Verse 22, strengthening, look at that word, strengthening the souls of those disciples. And then encouraging them to continue in the faith saying through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. Oh, yes, indeed. That word strengthen means to make firm. Uh, The word encourage is the word parakaleo. Para is alongside of. Kaleo is the word to be called. To be called alongside. We use that very word for the Holy Spirit. The paraclete. The parakletos. When you get saved, the Spirit of God comes alongside you and will guide you. Where, where you need to be. Well, not only does the Spirit of God come, but we need to be encouraging one another. You ever been discouraged when someone sucks courage out of you? The very opposite of that is this word. We are to put courage in to people. We come alongside and say, you can do it. You can do it. When they think they can't, you encourage them. I'm standing right out here this morning at this door greeting people of early church. One of the members came by to see me. He's been here before I got here. Come by, shook my hand. He said, Pastor, I don't want anything. I don't need anything. I don't need you to do anything for me. I just came by to tell you I love you and encourage you today as you go about your work. Amen. He put courage in me. He left another and nothing came by and sucked it right out. But that's the way it works. Some encourage, some discourage. But we are to encourage one another. Amen? That's what we are to be about. Then notice what they said. Why do we strengthen and encourage? Because they said through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. This is not the great tribulation. That's the Hey Magala This is just the ellipsis. Tribulation. Tribulation means to be squeezed together. Notice what Jesus said in John 15, verse 18. If the world hates you, you know that it's hated me before it hated you. Verse 20 Remember the word that I said to you, Jesus said. A slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. Jesus said, just get ready. If they'd crucify me, what would they do to you? Tribulation comes. Hard times comes. This squeezing, this ellipsis uh, comes to us in in our life. Uh, That's why we need people to stand alongside of us, encourage us, build us up, help us as we go forward. I want to challenge you this day. Before you leave this room today, I want you to speak a word of encouragement to somebody. You just speak a good word to someone. Now, some of you, it'll be take a miracle of God for you to say something positive. But you can do it. Holy Ghost will give you grace, strength. Just give a good word. Practice. It'll bless you. Evangelism, discipleship, encouragement. Number four, organization. Organization. Oh, yeah. Notice verse 23. And when they had, they're traveling now, when they had appointed elders for them in every church. They appointed. In King James it says they ordained. They appointed or they ordained elders, pastors, also deacons in every church. This is an interesting word. This word appointed or ordained as the, Apostles came through and they'd start a church here and start a church. Every city, they'd, they'd start a church. When they'd leave, they, they would leave these elders and pastors in charge. And the Bible says they appointed them. The word literally means they stretched out their hand toward them. We get the laying on of hands from them. We get ordination just a few minutes in this service Calvin Lorette's right over here I'm going to ask him to come kneel right here uh, shortly and uh, some of our people are going to come lay hands on him we questioned him Thursday night Calvin's been working in our youth uh, area now a sister church in the area has called him to be the youth minister and so we questioned him with our deacons on Thursday night today we set him aside we ordain him we stretch out our hand and appoint him an elder uh, a pastor A minister of the gospel in a couple of weeks we will uh, elect our new deacon rotation that will come some of those men have never been deacons before and we'll have a time when we will stretch out our hands toward them and we'll lay hands on them you see every church needs organization you you just don't fly by the proverbial seat of your britches You, you have men that lead and others in every one of our small group Sunday school classes my wife teaches down to three year olds if you think they don't need organization down there my soul, you teach in middle school, you better have some organization. If you don't, the inmates will be running to prison. You, you've got to do it. And so in the church, you, you'll point, and as that little boy asked me out there, couldn't be more appropriate. How do you become a pastor? It all begins with the call of God. You don't decide, God decides. I want you to wonder why God picks some. Why he me? Why would he say? Well, you hear the call of God. And then the church recognizes that. And as we did in Calvin, lay our hands on them pray over them. Amen. church needs that. To be organized. Elders and deacons and pastors. We use different phrases. The Bible does for that. Shepherds. Thank God for the organization of this church. I listen to three preachers when I walk. They're all dead. Uh, I listen to dead preachers more than I do living. They don't mess up. I was listening to Dr. Criswell this week. He was preaching. He said, well, I'm in my 42nd year. We're thinking about calling a younger man to come alongside and help me for a little while. I mean, he's like 150. (laughs) He was 100 when I met him first time. he's just an elderly gentleman. But then he began to talk about the organization of the church and how this one did this this. Thank God for the people around here, both lay leader and staff, That organize this family so that we can do the work God wants us to do. It's a good thing. And they did it right here in the first church they were organized. Number five. We add to that intercession. Evangelism, discipleship, encouragement, organization. And then intercession. Notice it right here in the text in verse 23. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church. Having prayed with fasting. They commended them to the work in whom they had believed. They prayed, and they prayed with fasting. Sometimes you pray without fasting. Other times you pray with fasting. We're marching toward Christmas, Christmas on Sunday morning this year. We'll have three services on Christmas Eve. Here, we'll have service down at the Warrington campus. Uh, Those services uh, will be 4, 6, 11 o'clock, and then we'll come back for one Christmas morning service at 1030. It will be different from the Christmas Eve services. All the Christmas Eve will be uh, alike as we start, and then we'll all bring the family back together uh, for Christmas morning uh, on that day. And then the following Sundays, January 1st, and we will begin the new year of 2023, January 1st. Oh, what a great day to invite your friends. And beginning that day, we are going into 20 days of prayer and fasting. You can meet at 6 o'clock. You can come here. Or you can do it at home. We'll have other stations during the days where you can come and pray. I want you to plan to fast some of those meals during those 20 days. I want you to pray, pray, pray. I've been reading again this week. Bertha Smith, that great missionary to China, Southern Baptist, I found out something. I didn't know her first name was Olive. Olive Bertha Smith. That's her name. God called her, and she went off to China. And Oh, my soul, the wars they went through. And oftentimes, she said they would have to take all the missionaries out into a safe zone. And said, for weeks, all we could do was pray. She said, those were the best weeks of missionary service when all we could do is pray. I'm going to challenge you on those first 20 days that we pray, pray, pray for revival in the church and pray, pray, pray for awakening in the nation. Matter of fact, I want us to practice. Calvin, you and your sweet wife, come right here. This is Calvin Loren. He's going to stand right here. God love you, friend. Proud of you, you sweet wife, freezing to death in this service. I want you just to step out one step, Calvin. Let her stand behind you. I want you to kneel there. Some of you that are going to pray over him, you're appointed to do it. I want you to come right now and lay your hands on, on Calvin right now. It's three. And then there's a couple of ladies going to come and, and, and be here and stand. Uh, yeah, thank you, Beth. You come. Becky, why don't you going to come? Yeah, you, there she is. So you come. I want you to spend a minute praying. Now, while they pray, if you're capable I want you to get on your knees, and I want you to lay our church before the Lord right now. You pray for Calvin, but I want you to pray for Olive right now. So I'm going to kneel right here. They're going to take a few minutes, and I'm going to have you do some praying while they're praying. If you're capable of doing it, we're not done yet. Don't run to the door. I'm just two-thirds of the way through this sermon. We're just going to practice what we preach. So while they pray, I'm going to kneel here. You kneel there. You pray for our church right now. I would invite you to pray for me, for our deacons, for our staff, for the work that need to be done. Pray right now. And I want you to do something for me. I want you to pray out loud right now for Olive Baptist Church. Everybody in this place, if you're a praying person, pray out loud right now. while they continue to pray over Calvin you can slide back in your seat and if you are seated next to your wife husbands if you are seated next to your wife I want you just to lay your hands on her shoulders and I want you to pray for the favor of God to be on your woman right now if you're with her I'm not next to mine but pray right now. If you're with your spouse pray for them right now. Ask God's favor. Just take about 15 20 seconds. Pray for the favor of God. Now you've prayed for her. Now I want you to pray for a friend is next around you. You may have to slip out and go over. I want you to take a moment and pray for the favor of God to be on a friend that's right next there, close to you. So just take a moment pray. Students, pray one for another while you're down here in this section. Yeah, just put your hand over there and so pray for the favor of God to rest on them." I'm going to come up here and pray for John while he plays. Our Father in Jesus' name, we bring the Lorette family to you. We ask God your unction to be on Calvin. Ask you, God, to give him wisdom for the journey. Thank you for his dear bride and his family that will stand with him. Bless the church where he's going. And Lord, we set aside this young man to ministry today. Thank you for all he's done among us. Thank you, Lord, for his administrative gifts. Use him as a teacher and a preacher, lover and encourager, building of families, an evangelist with young people and a disciple maker, a middle and high school student. give him unto you today. We dedicate him to you and ask God your favor. Anointing Pray that years from now he'll look back and remember a day set aside when God called him to go. Thank you that he came to us and we now release him another place in Jesus name amen and amen and amen God bless you both amen and amen point number six testimony testimony uh, notice in the text what it says in verse 27 the Bible says when they had arrived and gathered the church together they began to report all the things that God had done with them uh, they praised the Lord and gave testimony for what they did no no for what God had done amen well I look back we ought to have more testimony times in church than we do but you know as the church gets a little larger it's a little harder to do. It. But in your small group times, you, you're able to give testimony about what God has done. But I just began to think back on what God's done just this year. I, I think back in our college ministry and how we prayed over that building, had it going. And then God called Ethan Jago. We prayed over him just like we did Calvin. Sent him out to Panama City Beach. And he's down there. And then Tim stepped right in. Ministry didn't miss a beat, just just kept going, and thank God for that, and what I see uh, in that college ministry, and how the Lord's raising up people, and uh, it going forward on those Tuesday evenings, what a blessed time. I, I think about uh, the YMCA downtown. Uh, We've been praying for boldness, and Sean has had a burden for uh, that region, that area uh, downtown, and so he has befriended uh, people at the Y, and he's now the chaplain down there. We're having Bible studies at the YMCA. They've invited us. We're going to have a baptismal service in the pool down at the YMCA. And uh, we've got ongoing things going on. And that, we just rejoice. God's done that. He's, he's opened up doors. And then uh, there's another organization downtown uh, that's invited us to come in and help them with some things. It's called the FBI. Now, they didn't call me. They called Sean. They knew where the trouble was. All right. So they went over there. And no. Uh, it, it, they have, they do some remarkable things. But you know, it's hard. It's almost like post-traumatic stress stuff they have to deal with. I mean, these two awful tragedies we had just this week. Somebody in the police force has to deal with it. Well, the FBI has to deal with those kind of things too. They need help. A chaplain spiritual side, and God's opening those doors for I think of the Florida Baptist Convention this week we had 140 staff and lay volunteers that worked here for three days it was incredible getting out of the car coming in had all these people out here. I had a guy that looked at me. He said, Pastor, thank your team. I said, I'll thank He said, no, 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 listen to me. He said, listen, to me. I do this all the time. This is all I do is go to these kind of meetings. He said, everybody doesn't do what you've done. He said, I'm not blowing smoke at you. I'm just telling your people. How. He said, how did you do this? I, hire, I said, I hired a guy from Chick-fil-A. That's how you get anything done. <laughs> That's the way you do it. And so Dakota Hill got all of these young and old and put them together and Put them at their spots and what they do. You never heard so much, my pleasure, my pleasure, my pleasure, my pleasure, my pleasure. No, you your like, amen. And so that's, go ahead and give him a good hand. He deserves it. He's done a great job. <clears throat> I look back and I see what, what God has done. And we ought to give him praise. And you need to do that in your small groups. Just take time from time to time and say, let's rejoice about what God has done. Glory be unto his name. Evangelism, discipleship, encouragement, organization, intercession, testimony, and then the last one is fellowship. Fellowship. Notice what it said down in verse 28. And when they got to Antioch, they spent a long time with the disciples, just hanging out. Koinonia, it's called. You need that. You need to hang out with God's people. You'll find strength in the journey when, when you do that. Fellowship. I do that with these young men. As I talked about, the disciple-making factor of these young preachers. Calvin's been such a big part of that in the last year. We travel together. I go preach. I drive. Uh, we, we have good time on Sunday nights pray, argue about theology. And then sometimes we just talk about the good things God's been doing. Well, it's good to talk about the good things God's been doing. This fellowship, testimony. I could have talked about a thousand other things that God's been doing. Saw Beth over here, works in my office, in the ladies ministry. It's been uh, in a new and a fresh way uh, going on here. What's going on with music? And we'll see that. And uh, Christmas, just so good and fresh and New people that are there, Uh, the way you've been giving, man, we just have to rejoice what God's done. All right, we we've never had a a giving. I mean, we didn't have a program to do it. Just just God's people just showed up. Allows us to bless folks, encourage people. Grateful. What Drayton's doing? I saw him over here. Yeah, with what we've got going on with the Ministry Village, new days that are going on there. You saw Kara's house. the other day with these ladies that are, praise the Lord. We, we just rejoice what God. And then we just fellowship around that. It's good just to hang out with God's people. Amen. You don't get proud. you know, but, but you give glory to God. Don't take glory for yourself. Just thank Him. Thank Him for what He's done among us. And so they came to Antioch. And there they stayed a long time. And every one of these, they were a part of the church. 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 Are you a part of the church today? And then are you a part of the Olive Church today? Yeah? You've come into the kingdom. Friend, if you've never joined this church, then today, oh, what a great day it'd be for you to put your life and membership in this church. In a few minutes, John's going to sing a song, and I'm going to stand here at the front for one stanza. And If you want to come forward, that's good. Then I'm going to go out there to the Next Steps room, that room we're dedicating. And we'll officially open it on the first Sunday of December. And we'll throw open those doors, especially for the Christmas music time, and invite people to come. People came there this morning. We prayed over them you coming today and want to be a part of this church. Some of you, you've been coming a long time. You never joined. Well, this is the time to do it. Amen. This will be our hymn of appeal. We're going to do one stanza of this hymn of appeal. And if you want to come forward here, amen. And then I'll go there and you can come out to the foyer and be a part. We're going to sing an old hymn, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. And then we're going to go right here and then we're going to go out there. And Calvin, I'm going to ask you and Courtney and your family, Beth will take you just down that aisle. I want you to go over there to Next Steps, just outside and be there. And our people are going to come by, shake your hand, hug your neck. I know you're not going far, but we're telling you goodbye today because you're leaving us. He'll be a family that exits our church. And just as he exits, some of you need to come in today. You don't take his place, you take your place. You do what God has you to do. If you've never been saved come If you've been saved but never baptized come let's set a time to do it If you just need to put your membership